Ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. And good God, does it feel good to be able to say that again. My name is Matt, your host for the most for this evening. Man, welcome back to Absolute Geek. It's been a crazy trip, but I somehow found my way back home, and I'm so excited to be back. So excited to be here with you guys again on Friday nights right here on the Absolute Geek Podcast. So much has happened to me. So, so much has happened to me over the last couple of months. Um, I mean, I, I can't even begin to tell you guys how how crazy it's been. Uh, we'll get into it here in a minute, but I just want to say that, you know, it, it's great to be back here. I hope you guys are going to come back for this journey with me. I hope you guys are ready to do this again. But it's going to be a little bit of a remix. It's a little rehash, a little a little rise of the Phoenix, if you if you will, because we're starting over. We're starting fresh, as you can see it's just me um, going to build this back up, looking for new hosts, looking for uh, a lot of new stuff to, to come to the channel. So if you guys think you got what it takes as you're listening to this to, to join the podcast and want to be one of the hosts, make sure to hit me up at absolutegeekpodcast at gmail.com or any of my social medias, any of the Absolute Geek Podcast social medias, and uh, we'll, we'll see what we can, can do with that because it's, it's my goal to get this podcast back to being one of the podcasts you must hear, not only in Phoenix, but in the entire world. So that's that's what I'm looking to do. Um, let me go ahead and get get right into it here, guys. Look, um, what, what, what's been going on with me? Well, I just got back from a trip to Hawaii, beautiful, beautiful Hawaii. Um, when I was in Hawaii, I got to go to the Jurassic Park. And uh, see where they filmed the, the scene from Jurassic Park. You know when they're they're running away from the dinosaurs and they hide behind the log and they're in that big uh that big grassy open field. That's right. That right there. Boom. Jurassic Park. Fantastic time that was. Um, I also lost my dog Landon. Uh, my dog weighs uh 17 years old, and he died about a week ago. Passed away. So that's been dealing with that a little bit um it's always sad when you lose a pet but sometimes you just gotta kind of push on with that you know um love and loss and and hopefully he's in a, a better place now but uh yeah um let's see what else did i get to do while i was in hawaii man so much stuff here uh let me go ahead and do this really quick if it's going to allow me to um boom got to swim with manta rays let me tell you this was absolutely amazing swimming with manta rays is a once in a lifetime event um you can do it more than once of course but it's something you should experience if you're ever in hawaii or anywhere that they offer this definitely do that man they take you out in the ocean you jump in you hold onto this big surfboard like thing has a giant battery and blue light on it that shines down and it collects the plankton and the manta rays swim up underneath you and it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's crazy, and they almost touch you, and you're kind of like, oh, God, and you freak out a little bit, but it was uh, absolutely worth it. Um, I got engaged. Yes, that is correct. I got engaged in Hawaii to my beautiful girlfriend, Aaron. Now, if you guys are a listener to the show, I know our good friend Artie the Psychic said that I was supposed to meet my tattooed gothic princess, but... You know, it, it didn't kind of work out like that. Like, he saw he saw some stuff coming in my life, but he he wasn't spot on with it. But, you know, luckily I met an amazing woman who has come into my life and, and done so many great things for me. And 
is just the absolute shining star of my life. I love her so much. I can't wait to marry her. Um, I just see big things in our future, and she's so supportive of me. And most of all, she's supportive of my hobbies. She's okay with the fact that I'm a fucking comic book nerd. Like, how cool is that? You find a normie that's okay that you're a comic book nerd. It's super, super fucking dope. But, um, yeah, so that's that's been fantastic. And that's pretty much been what's up with me. I mean, that's uh, that's what my last couple of weeks have been in a nutshell right there. So I'm super excited to be back. I'm super excited to get into this stuff. So let's get it rolling. Let's kick off the new Absolute Geek podcast or whatever this is going to turn into. Um so let's kick it off a little bit of geek news this week. This week in geek news, we got uh, Rangers of the New Republic. So according to Vanity Fair, Rangers of the New Republic is no longer in active development with no word if the series has been put in indefinite, uh, on indefinite hiatus or will return sometime in the future. Personally, I don't see this as a big loss. Lucasfilms and Disney and Disney Plus have plenty of Star Wars material in the pipeline to please every hardcore Star Wars fan's appetite. Remember, we're still getting so much Star Wars contact. We still got uh, Ah Ahsoka. We've got the third season of Mandalorian coming up. We've got the Book of Boba Fett. We've got um, the Rogue One prequel, Andor. We've got the Obi Wan Kenobi series. We've got not to mention the Bad Batch that's airing currently on Disney Plus. In my opinion, when it comes to the Star Wars fandom, it's probably better that they cut the show loose, let it go, don't move forward with it. If they can't get it right, if they can't get the inform the scripts right if they can't achieve what they're going for because after the success of the mandalorian and kind of the success of the final season of clone wars and the success with bad batch and everything they're doing when it when it comes to star wars fandom it's probably a better idea to shelve a project than continue on with it and face that backlash last jedi of last jedi proportions let's be honest any any star wars fan is going to tell you that they would probably rather you shelve something than give us another last Jedi or, or anything like that. I don't know if they can, they can handle that, especially with the, the, the mixed reviews or the way the prequels are, are handled and addressed. We'll have to see how they handle that. Um, I mean, we don't want, if it, if it's bad, we don't want that kind of blowback coming to this new star Wars stuff. Uh, next Hocus Pocus two. The sequel will see Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najim, sorry if I messed up your name, reprising their roles as Winifred, Sarah, and Mary Sanders, respectively. And this film looks like it will no longer um, be receiving a theatrical release, which was being hoped for when it was kind of rumored. It looks like this is going to be a Disney Plus standalone instead. Um, look, it's been a long time since I've seen Hocus Pocus. Um I, I could care less on this, honestly. I know there's a lot of people that are excited for it. My fiance was like, ooh, Hocus Pocus 2 when she saw what I was working on. So she got super excited for it. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, I guess, whatever. It was kind of Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker when she was hot before she became a horse face. Maybe some people think she's always been a horse face, but I, I used to think she was hot in Hocus Pocus. But um, So, yeah, if that's your cup of tea, Hocus Pocus 2 coming to Disney Plus with a 2022 Release date, I'm going to say, go on a limb, call me crazy, probably Halloween. I'm going to say probably October 2022, but we'll see. Call me crazy. I mean, that's that's what I'm going to think. 2022, October, Hocus Pocus 2, Disney Plus. Get those subscriptions now. They need your help, people. 
Uh, moving on, we got the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. The long-awaited trailer for Marvel and Sony Spider-Man No Way Home was finally released this past week to the demise of Spider-Man fans everywhere, as it turns out to be the most fantastic troll. With, with this whole Spider-Man No Way Home thing, they've, they've done nothing but troll us. They trolled us when they were releasing the name of the movie, when they came out with all the different names, and they had that big whiteboard of all the different names they were working on for this film. This, this whole thing has not been nothing but a troll. And let me show you what I'm talking about. So here, <laughs> here's, your tr here's your trailer. That's right. Someone tweeted a semi-truck picture with the, the Spider-Man No Way Home on the side of it and said, finally got the trailer I've been waiting for. And the official Spider-Man No Way Home Twitter page ran with it, retweeted it, and added a caption that said, you know, as requested. You know, th this is the perfect troll, but personally, with all the damn near unavoidable spoilers that have come out for this movie, whether you read them or not, I feel like it's kind of hard to avoid what we're getting as far as Spider-Man No Way Home's spoilers are going. You've heard everything from... You know, who's in it to who's not in it to the plot line to Mephisto to multiverse to whatever. I'm a little scared about if, if Andrew and Toby aren't in this. I'm, I mean, I'm a little scared to see the first trailer because if those rumors are true or not, they could, they could have a negative effect on the the movie and how much it grosses opening weekend and, and how much it does, because I think you're building, you got people building a lot of hype around this movie. What's up, Patrick? Good to see you, man. Thanks for stopping by. Um, you got a lot of hope built up in this movie that I, I, I think if with all the spoilers, if it turns out to not be right, you're going to have a lot of people that got their hopes up. They're going to be butt hurt and be like, I'm not seeing this movie. I'm not going to see it. Um, but, I think there's one thing we can all agree when it comes to Spider-Man No Way Home is that this movie was single-handedly the worst-kept secret in Hollywood. This thing was leakier than the Titanic after it hit an iceberg. Let's, let's be honest, because you were getting so much rumors, so many rumors, so many what-ifs, so many this person was seen on set, this person's in talks. This is, you know, we, you know, we already know. How, how cool would it be? If you went into this movie not knowing Alfred Molina was coming back, not knowing, you know, Jamie Foxx was coming back, and they just showed up, I think the fact that this movie has been so leaky and so just easily thrown around that and news is being so easily thrown around that it's gonna it's gonna have a negative effect on it. But I hope not. But we'll see. Um, moving on, Batgirl. The Batgirl movie uh, moves forward with Bad Boys for Life directors. Warner Brothers and DC Films tap Bad Boys for Life directors Adli El Arab and Bahala Fallen to helm the upcoming Batgirl movie. Batgirl was originally announced in March of 2017, if you remember, at which time it was said that Joss Whedon would be directing it, um, and they were going to go with the New 52 incarnation of, ba of Barbara Gordon. But then Whedon got into all of that... Um, I don't know how you want to say that, but yeah, that the allegations against him started to surface and, and he just kind of went down that, that bad path and it, he left and now, um, 
It's being handed over to this correct new, new creative team. I can't talk. Good God. Um, I'm down for a Batgirl movie, but I'm going to hold my excitement um, as it's being written by the same writers behind Harley Quinn and the Bur- or the Birds of Prey movie and the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Which they, she also wrote the Flash script for the Ezra Miller upcoming Flash movie, um, which I'm super excited for, but I also have to hold a little reserve there because that movie has lost directors and added directors and lost screenwriters and added screenwriters that ultimately we don't know what is going to come out of this script. Um, I don't have a lot of excitement because of my, how much I did not enjoy Harley Quinn. A lot of people enjoyed Harley Quinn and the birds of prey. And, but me personally, I, I didn't enjoy that movie at all. So I don't know how much hope I hold up for a Batgirl movie. But I'm excited nonetheless. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for that first trailer to get that little bit of the little taste of it and see what's going on. But the other reserve I have that I think that this movie might be in a little bit of trouble is it's going directly to HBO Max. They're, they've said that they're going to forego a release on it and a theatrical run, and they're going to move it right to Disney, to, not Disney Plus, but HBO Max. So... Does that already spell doom for Barbara Gordon in the bat on uh, the Batgirl movie? I don't know, but you would think that they would have a little bit more faith in the script that they have, and a little bit more faith in what they're doing and and who they have behind it. Um, if they were going to try to give it at least a sixty day theatrical run, I know the ninety day theatrical run window is pretty much out out the door now. Um, but even just at least a sixty day theatrical run. Would be nice, give you a little bit of hope on this movie, but since they're already saying we're gonna go straight to HBO Max, it, it's telling me that they don't think it's gonna perform well in theaters, so they're gonna go right to that streaming service, which is which is fine because with the big scary in the world, I'm my movie ways have changed. I know we've sat on this channel many a times and argued back and forth, Kyle and I about movies never, you know, there's no way the movie industry is gonna survive. You know, having people watch at home and there's it's just the money's not there. But the last year has proved that um, I'm wrong and Kyle was right. So we'll see what happens. But there you go. Batgirl moving forward with Bad Boys for Life, which Bad Boys for Life was a beautiful movie. It's a fantastic movie. I love that movie. I love the way it's shot. I'm super I'm super behind the directing team for for this. It's just the writer. It got me a little bit questionable because of their questionable work down the line um, on the Birds of Prey and Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. What a dumb title, too. Um, the next thing we got on the do- the docket here is The Batman. The Batman official merch confirms Riddler controversial redesign. The official merchandise for The Batman confirmed that the, Riddle- the Riddler's um, new look in Warner Brothers and writer-directors Matt Reeves' DC movie the image of the batman official 2020 calendar which is right here um that features brand new artwork from the movie and look you look through it and and there it is right there up in the corner i'll give you a better look here um i'm all in on this version of the riddler it has a real zodiac killer vibe to it i feel like it it establishes that edge or creepy factor this character has been missing 
what you know what you get it with this traditional attire which is usually the that domino mask and the bright green outfit and it's the business suit or if you want to go to corbin's favorite it's that skin tight covered in black question marks jim carrey riddler batman forever costume i can get behind the duct tape the the zodiac killer feel to it i feel like adds depth to this character i think the actor is going to knock this character out of the park i'm super behind this version of the riddler i know some people are going to hate on it some people i've already seen her like I, there'll be fans out there but it's not for me but i'm super pumped on this version of riddler i can't wait to see this movie i think robert pattinson is going to do a good job i think the whole cast in this movie is set up to do such great things um I'm I'm interested to see hashtag Fat Colin, you know Fat Colin Farrell. So we'll see uh, what goes on there. But I'm super stoked for the Batman. Super stoked for this version of Riddler. Can't see. I can't wait to see it and see how badass he is in the movie. Um, moving on. Previews Previews World Pull Box Diamond Comics Distributor launches because uh, consumer pull box service in June. Diamond Comics Distributors announced a date for a new consumer-facing service pull box for their Preview World's online service, a service that allows comic shop customers a better way to manage their pre-orders and subscriptions with their local comic book shops. Pullbox allows fans to use Preview World's website to place orders directly with their local shops. A site of easy-to-use tools allows consumers to sync orders with participating local comic shops, manage pre-orders and subscriptions, place special orders and keep a wish list and track weekly purchases. It also provides customers with email alerts in order to conf uh, confirm when the items are available to pick up. Great idea. I think this is a great idea in theory and will definitely try it out myself personally when it comes to my subscription. If my local shop carries this and offers this, um, it should really cut down on issues with the shops not ordering books or ordering too many books and you're, you know, you're getting exactly what you requested. You're putting it in. So you don't have to worry about the clerk going, yeah, yeah, I'll put it in and getting too busy and not putting in your request and not putting your pull. So you're getting that, that book or you're getting that cover you want or whatever it is. You're going to special order through diamond. They're going to carry all of the distributors now like penguin house and lunar. And they're going to offer all those from what I'm hearing under the subscription as well. So that way you're you're going in there and you're kind of doing it yourself. It's almost like you're ordering from Diamond directly, but you're just doing it through your comic shop instead of having to go to the clerk and be like, listen, I want to order 13 copies of Batman 43 or 13 copies of whatever obscure comic that you want to read that you've been hearing about that people are talking about that you want to read, but your shop normally wouldn't order. You can go right down Previews World, order it yourself, and it's going to be in your pull box. You don't even have to worry about your shop ordering it. So if your shop owner is like, well, you know, I want to get, you know, um, We Live or whatever, Stray Dogs or whatever obscure book is out there. And I shouldn't say Stray Dogs because it's an image title. But, you know, any of these like AWA, up, uh, you know, Upshot or Upstart or Aftershock books or, you know, any of these these obscure companies that they don't want to loot, load up on. Because they're like, well, we don't know if people are going to be in, in into these titles or what. You can still order that. Make sure it's on your pull list. Get it into your shop. And your shop doesn't have to worry about over-ordering on it. So it's 
it's a win-win if you ask me. It's something that I would say definitely try out. Um, I know I'm going to. Are are there bads about it? Sure. You know, they could still, it is Diamond. They have an issue with shipping, so you still might have to worry about not getting your books on time and dealing with all of that. But at least you can go on there and order it, and you can have some sort of, you know, backup that says, look, I ordered this book. It's right here. Why isn't it in my box? Like, it gives you a little bit more of a leg to stand on than going to a shop and waiting for that hot cover or that, that big spec book that's supposed to come out this week, and you're like, I ordered this. I asked for you to put it in. You didn't put it in. Where is it? What's going on? And they're like, well, nope, sorry. You didn't You didn't order it correctly or you didn't do this correctly or whatever. I think it puts that kind of at ease a little bit in, into bed, so – it's a it's a good uh it's 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 a good theory it's a good tool in theory but i can't wait to put it into to practice i know some people have been demoing it already and it sounds like things have been going good so we'll see how that goes um moving on here and you fly through this content when you're by yourself uh top five new release books of the week now if you remember on absolutely podcast back in the day we used to do comic book reviews and we had a whole show that was specifically for comic book reviews and i wanted to bring that back but i wanted to do it with the top five books that came out this past week that i enjoyed that i want to bring a little bit more spotlight to and kind of give a brief synopsis about it not go too much into it because i want to leave that intrigue there for you to maybe go into your shop tomorrow on a saturday while you're you're dollar book dive and be like oh man i saw that an absolute geek let me check that out so we'll uh see what that you know leave that there but this, that's, that's kind of my thinking with this so number five pick of the week for me the amazing spider-man 66 writer nick spencer penciler and cover art by mark bagley we're on the other side of the king's ransom spider-man is left to pick up the pieces if he can manage to pull them together he's going to be horrified to see what he finds this story you know this story is starting to pick up i've been on it a little bit through this whole wave um, that's been going through the kindred stuff, uh, the stuff with Kingpin. And now it looks like we're working towards a um, chameleon storyline. The stuff we, we, this got a new, the end of this book has a big reveal at it that I don't want to spoil for you because I want you to pick it up. But if you're an amazing Spider-Man and you're into the kindred storyline and maybe you're not caught up, I definitely recommend picking up issue 66 of Amazing Spider-Man this week. That kind of is the the pivot point to where we're going forward as far as um, as far as this story is going. So super good book. Definitely pick it up. One of the better books, Spider-Man books that have come out in the, the recent weeks and or months. Uh, number four, we got Home uh, by writer Julio Anta or Julio Anta. Sorry. Anna Wazitsky. Uh, Juan is on the run, shaken from the trauma of being separated from his mother, the sudden emergence of superhuman abilities, and an accidental jailbreak. He has two options, track down his aunt in Houston or learn to survive on his own. Great book. I was blown away by the first issue. Definitely done the sec- dug the second issue. Home is one of those titles I think 
It's it's not on everyone's radar yet, but I think it'll be there quick. Um, definitely worth investing in that first issue because the way people are in companies are buying up properties. If you can still get that first issue out there right now for cover price, I would definitely say pick it up because it's definitely worth holding on to because I definitely see this property getting optioned in the near not so distant future if it already hasn't been optioned yet. Um, I love home. I love the story so far. It's a definite read if you're looking for something a little bit different, but still in that superhero genre, I definitely say check out Home. Number three, Nightwing, Tom Taylor, covers uh, Bruno Redondo. A new villain strikes the back alleys of Bloodhaven, removing the hearts of the city's most vulnerable. Who is this terrifying new menace named Heartless? And will he be able to resist plucking the biggest heart of them all in Bloodhaven? This issue is the second cameo appearance of Heartless. This has been a fantastic read. I love, 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 love what Tom Taylor is doing with Nightwing. I love how they're bringing that classic Nightwing feel back to this character. I love that the story they're telling with the dog and you're getting to see more of his relationship with Barbara Gordon evolve and you're getting so much more Nightwing. You know, if you read reading up on Joker War and in the, the city of Bane, Alfred's dead, Bruce Wayne's broke. Dick finds out that Alfred left him all of his savings. Like he'd never spent a dime when the entire, or he was left the Wayne fortune when, when Bruce was a kid and he's been saving his money and he was a, a billionaire himself. And he left all that money to Dick Grayson. Cause he knew that Dick Grayson would be the one that would do good things with it because at, at his core, Dick Grayson just wants to be a good person. So he's using that money to try to help the people of Bloodhaven and now there's a new villain behind the scenes, Heartless. Check it out. If you're a Nightwing fan, it's been a great story. If you're not as familiar with the character, I definitely say jump on the Nightwing train and get familiar with this character because this story has been great, and this is a definite series that you want to be up on. Number two, Red Room um, by writer, artist, and cover artist Ed Pisker. Um, so you have Dark Web and... Untraceable cryptocurrency has been an emergence of a subculture of criminals who live stream and prioritize webcam murders for entertainment. Who are the murderers? Who are the victims? Who will stop it? Great book. I saw it in the previews. Caught me by surprise. I was like, that cover looks dope. It's got this weird vibe to it. I want to check it out. And it, it really is. I mean, it's worth a read if you haven't picked it up yet. Definitely gives you that you know, that, that craziness that a cryptocurrency is driving all this and they're doing on the dark web. And it's, it reminds me a lot of, um, hostile, but instead of the, that they're webcamming and people getting killed. So if you're looking for a new horror suspense book that just came out, um, and you're a fan of that movie and you want to get that vibe again, I would definitely check out red room. Um, I'm going to come back for issue two. It was, it was an interesting, Interesting read. I don't want to say it's a great read because of the material, but it was an interesting read. Um, and my number one pick for this week, Stray Dogs number four, written by Tony Fleesis and uh, artist by Trish Fosner. What happened to Victor? Is he alive or was he just the latest victim at the long line to meet his grisly end at the hands of the master? Find out the answers to this question so much more in this issue. This is the penultimate issue of this series. It's a five-issue series from Image Comics. It's a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic book. It's a book that I can't read, wait to read every month when it comes out. 
We've gotten to t- I've gotten to talk to Tony. He's a fantastic guy, very entertaining. I tweeted at him. I was like, man, this this book has just unearthed so many feelings in, inside of me that I haven't gotten from reading a comic book in so long. There's some crazy stuff in this book. If you're a dog lover, it, it's going to pull at your heartstrings a little bit. Um, even It did to me, even though I just lost one of my pups you know, a, a few days or, or a week ago reading it. I was like, oh, man, I, I can't right now. Like this, he did not just do that. So, again, penultimate issue. We've got one issue left. I know that there is a um, free comic book day issue, and I believe he said there was also a um, – a one-off standalone, but you can find out more about that tomorrow night. If you check out Kyle and the rest of the crew over at Modern Comic Mayhem, um, they're actually going to be interviewing Tony again. So he's going to come on and talk about issue four with them. So I definitely recommend going to check out Modern Comic Mayhem and and showing Kyle and the guys over there some love. Um, If you want to find out more about Stray Dogs and kind of like I do, like what was Tony thinking? Where was his mindset? What, how did he get like, dude, it's crazy. You know, it, it's it's really crazy what this it, this book has pulled off when it's it's kind of like Lady and the Tramp meets um, Silence of the Lambs is the best way to put it. It's been super, super crazy. Uh, I can't wait for more from it. Um, but sadly, the last issue is coming up. Uh, yep. So I can't. That show is beat. What show is beat, Max? Um, but, yeah, Stray Dogs, amazing. Check it out. All right, now for the last little bit of our show, we're going to go ahead and dive into my review of Army of the Dead by Zack Snyder. Look, this movie was written by Zack Snyder. This movie was directed by Zack Snyder. This was a Zack Snyder story. The cinematography was by Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder did it all in this movie, just about. And uh, so if you're not familiar, Army of the Dead follows Scott Ward, played by Dave Bautista, um, who is approached by a casino boss to put together a ragtag team in order to break into a zombie-infested quarantine zone uh, to retrieve $200 million uh, sitting in a vault beneath the strip before a city is nuked by the government through two houses. It's crazy. It's crazy plight line. It is a crazy plot line, crazy movie. What's up, Solo Wookie? Much love, man. Good to see you. That book is nuts. I want to hunt that fuck, uh, fucking fucker, dog slaying piece of shit. Yeah, right? It's a crazy book. Uh, thanks, Max. Great to be back. I appreciate you stopping by, man. Um, much love. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's good to be back. It's a little rough. Not going to lie, it's a little rough going by yourself. But hopefully we can uh, find some other pieces to add to the puzzle here and put it back to where it was. But um so you know like I said, heist movie retrieving 200 million dollars sitting in a vault beneath the strip before a city nukes it in 32 hours. If you're thinking it sounds like Ocean's movies, the Ocean's movies with a little less mass, a little less Matt Damon and a little more zombies and nukes, you're not far off. I I fancy myself somewhat of a zombie aficionado, like I've seen a ton of zombie movies. I love The Walking Dead. The comics, the TV show, I love all the, the you know, old zombie movies, Night of the Living Dead. There's so many great zombie movies out there. Zombieland, all the classic zombie stuff. Of course, Shaun of the Dead. You know, I just, I, I'm a zombie aficionado, like I said. But I have to say, 
I can't remember a time that a zombie outbreak was directly caused by a dude copping some roadhead until now. This film literally opens with an army transport transporting a cargo of unidentified origin across Nevada, only to be intercepted and crashed into by a car full of newlyweds as the dude is copping some crammed on nut. The dude is literally filling the tank of his new wife's mouth when they crash head-on into an army convoy. And they're obliterated. They're gone. Boom. Done. Army convoy's fine. But their, their payload or their package that they're escorting crashes down, which is holding a zombie, which kicks the whole, the whole thing off. So that aside, I don't want to get – I'm not going to go too much into it because I want you to watch the movie. I don't want to spoil it for you. We're trying to do non-spoilers. But this movie was a nice return to the horror genre for Zack Snyder, in my opinion, after his lengthy yet lackluster time playing in the DC sandbox. I had a blast with this movie and really enjoyed the different uh, uh, representations of zombies um, and, their action, and the interaction of characters and their individual introductions. Um, all of that aside, there were aspects of this film that I personally am not a fan of. Like I, I, I wanted to go into this film with a real, like, I just wanted a movie where I could go sit down, turn my mind off, turn reality off, get into it and enjoy it. And it, it and a dumb action film, and that's what it was. It was a dumb horror zombie killing heist movie that I I had a lot of fun watching. Like, it, it gave me what I wanted. If I was in the theater, unfortunately, I watched it at home on Netflix. If I was in the theater watching this, it would be one of those where you just sink your your body into the chair, get up your big-ass tub of popcorn, pour your M&Ms or whatever you pour in there, and start going to town and, and just forget about your cares and what's going on in your life and and enjoy a good movie. Um, but like I said, I have issues with this movie. And I'm personally, uh, you know... I'm personally not a fan, and I hate when movies do this kind of these kind of tropes that completely take you out of them. But Zack Snyder has this this way of in this movie of, and it happens a lot of doing shots out of focus. Shots are out of focus. They don't pan well when a character moves. Um, they don't. He ignores reference points. And it, it, a lot of this movie is just, like I said, out of focus and blurry. And, and I understand that he uses it to try and gauge depth and, and add a little something for the camera. But it, it, I find it annoying. About the third or fourth time he does it, it just, it just becomes super annoying. And it kind of took me out of the, the, the story at times. And another thing that he did that I hate, that I hate, absolutely hate in horror movies, hate in zombie movies, is when they're massacring dudes left and right and you're in a zombie horde and you know there's guns going and knives going and they're just taking care of business handling it you get the blood spatter on the camera and you're like oh you're invested you're here you're the character's a badass and then you're like all right you're in there fighting with them and then you get the blood spatter on the camera you're just like oh my god that's it i'm done i i no longer am in this world that you spent so much time setting up, you spent so much time wanting to be immersed in, and then you go and ruin it by the blood shot on the camera. It's I think it's kind of played out. Anyway, I don't think it's something that we don't 
we we need in films anymore. Like you're submerging your audience in this story. You don't need that that blood spot on the camera. Um, yeah, I just, ugh. but I don't know. Uh, my other big thing with this is this is a bloated two and a half hour runtime. Uh, Snyder attempts to provide some reason to become emotionally attached to these characters, but falls short in the execution. They, I love watching these characters come together. I love watching their introductions. Like they have awesome introductions to each individual character that you can watch in, in things about the movie, but the, the execution of why you should care about these characters was poorly done. It fell short. Um, there was nothing to it. It, it just felt like a waste of time. It felt like he, he was trying so hard in that whole bloated two hours, two and a half hours to give you some sort of story instead of being all over all the zombie killing substance, but it just, the execution wasn't there. But all in all that being said, army of the dead is a fine addition to the zombie movie on Pantheon, a decent height heist flick as well. I'm going to give it a three out of five. So I would definitely say, check it out if you have Netflix. Um, but that's it. That's man. You really do fly through stuff when you are the only one talking and you don't have a whole group of people talking to you. But, um, guys, again, this is a, a test run of kind of what I'm envisioning the new absolute geek podcast to be. I want it to be a hybrid of the, the raunchy dick and fart joke filled craziness that it was before but get back a little bit to its roots to where we actually give you a little bit of information, a little, inf you know, inform you a little bit, give you our opinions and get back to it, what the show was at its core. And that was chilling with your buddies, talking about comics and comic news and, and feeling like you're in a conversation with people who are into the same thing you are, whether you're right next to them down the street or halfway across the world. That's what we're trying to, that's what I'm trying to accomplish here again. So I hope you'll be willing to come with me on the ride. I apologize that this first show was rough, but you got to start somewhere, and we'll get it. We'll get it dialed in, and we'll get uh, going on it. But it was good to be back. I can't thank you all enough for stopping by, Patrick. Thank you, buddy. Max, Solo, everyone who stopped in. Thanks for watching, guys. This has been the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is Matt, and we'll see you next time.